This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week I'm joined by CityCast Madison's Molly Stentz. Madison officials say a violent attack on a UW student will not be tolerated. Police have arrested a suspect who's now facing three felony charges. We'll also discuss how Republican lawmakers are inching closer to impeaching Justice Janet Protasewicz. It's Friday, September 8th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, and I'm here with the sheriff of this here podcast, Molly Stentz. No fun intro parody today because news this week uh, includes an act of violence in Madison that made national news. Hi, Molly. Hey, Dylan. Bianca's on assignment, so it's just us today. We can do it. Yes, we can. So obviously the big news this week, the Madison Police Department says very early Sunday morning, A UW student was physically and sexually assaulted not far from campus at West Wilson in Bedford Streets. So police believe a stranger attacked the student. Uh, We have since learned that police had public surveillance footage of a suspect following the victim just prior to the assault. And there was also a call to the public to submit any video footage that might be out there. And as it turned out, that was instrumental in arrest that was made Wednesday morning. We got more information uh, Wednesday afternoon at a press conference. We know that a suspect has been charged with first-degree sexual assault, first-degree reckless injury, and strangulation. Police say the man who was arrested initially pretended to be an innocent bystander when police arrived the night of the attack. Oof. UW Police Chief uh, Kristen Roman, she was at the press conference. Here's what she had to say. First and foremost, I'd like to express my continued concern for the victim, her family, and those close to her. While there is certainly relief in knowing that with this arrest, any further violence by this same individual has been prevented, I also recognize that sexual violence in all its forms causes lasting harm. And so our focus remains with our student and the significant healing process still ahead of her. As members in community, when senseless violence is inflicted upon one of us, it is inflicted in some way upon all of us. Assaults of this kind are extremely rare here in Madison, but when they do occur, we come together in anger, in sadness, sometimes in fear, but always in support. The violence perpetrated against this young woman Sunday morning was horrific and will not be tolerated. Also at the press conference, we had Madison Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway. She asked for privacy of the survivor and her family to be respected. And of course, I want to ask our entire community to be part of the process of preventing sexual violence going forward. Um, We see too much sexual violence in our community. 
while this particular attack is of a kind that is extremely rare in Madison, it is true that people all across our community experience intimate partner violence, experience sexual harassment, and that is something that every single one of us can do something to prevent. We know that allowing any type of sexual harassment or violence allows escalation into something like this. And so I'll ask our entire community to work with us, to work with public health, to work with UWPD and with MPD to do everything we can to prevent sexual violence in our community. Thank you. So this happened, as you mentioned, at West Wilson near Bedford, uh, right down the block from where we both used to work at WRT Radio. Reminds me that that neighborhood has seen a number of horrific, horrific acts of violence. To me, it raises a lot of questions. The first one being, are we doing enough to combat sexual assault in all forms across the city? Now, we heard that clip from UW um, police chief. UW's involved yeah. because the, the survivor was a UW student. It did not occur on campus. It occurred in the city of Madison. But very close by, and obviously this affects the UW community, and this happens right at the start of the fall semester. And we do know from having reported and watched the crime blotter for, for years that there are an uptick of sexual assaults with every new school year. Now, the stranger danger aspect of this one is, I think, what the mayor was referring to when she said it was rare. Yeah. But I don't think that changes the story that it's still far, far too common in our community for assaults to take place. Now, we know that there have been efforts by the UW, by Madison Police Department, by the city of Madison. We know that there are, you know, things like safe walks, safe rides program, the campus free bus, the blue lights. Um, the text alerts that UW rolls out to students and staff when there are select emergencies. Now they've rolled out a new app, the Safer Badgers app that's available to anyone, not just staff and students. And we know that they require um, uh, mandatory educational courses, right? Every student has to take that when they're new, um, newly enrolled in the university about consent and what what that looks like but yet this still happens so that's what i'm reflecting on this week well i don't know what i can add to that besides uh the scary part is a little bit of how powerless maybe all of society is to prevent this and what do we what do we do to stop something like this and it's are we like, powerless though uh, well we need a better society starts every day one person one day we can all take effort we can all i don't even feel like this is like a controversial or political statement i feel like no, no everyone can take responsibility for their actions they can take responsibility for those around them and they can i mean i think the conversation has rightly shifted from the years that i've been covering crime in campus in Ma madison i mean not not exclusively but 
I've seen the shift from the focus on self-defense, which is, of course, important, but to bystander intervention. Yeah. Right. That's now what the curriculum is, is that it's not enough just to to teach primarily women uh, to defend themselves, but that everyone in society has a role. Everyone has a role in helping prevent this because that's a highly resident. I mean, when you talk about this instance in this neighborhood, you know, there's there's a couple bars right down the street. It's a highly residential area. I don't think anyone was around, though. I mean, that's what I what I I don't mean to, to be dismissive about the powerlessness of it, but there's no one around and everyone should be able to walk down a street no matter what time of day it is and feel safe. Yeah. But I yeah, I mean, I think we need better people. We need better people. Yeah. I mean, the other thing it raises is the power of of this surveillance camera network. I mean, that's one thing that I've also seen shift over the years the growing reliance that MPD has on businesses and residential cameras, right, to be part of their network, which is totally, which is a mixed bag, right? Obviously, in this case, it really helped. It's a hard time to speak against uh, a huge surveillance network of cameras all over the city that is now both public and private. But that comes with a lot of other issues, too, doesn't it? Absolutely. Privacy. And it didn't have a preventative effect, it just had the ability to actually apprehend someone who is believed to be the suspect. We will keep you updated as as this story, as we learn more about what's, what's happening with this story. But before we talk about impeachment, we're going to talk about impeachment. We're going to take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Well, in other news this week, I guess we're on impeachment watch over here in Wisconsin. We should have a sounder. A what? Impeachment watch. Bong. Like, because it's happening so often to talk about this. Like, it kind of seemed a couple of weeks ago, like uh, this impeachment of a of a Supreme Court justice before she's done, ruled on a single case was kind of like pie in the sky. But every day, it seems like it's getting more and more real. Yeah. I mean, you could say... That the battle between our major political parties is, you know, has has kicked it up just a just a notch. I mean, or if you're you're Ben Wickler, the chair of the Wisconsin Democratic Party, as he put it, Republicans are holding a political nuclear football. It seems like a mixed metaphor there, but okay, Ben Wickler. Are they going to go nuclear? Are they going to use this thing that you can't take back that you unleash? <laughs> I get the metaphor. But okay, just to just to recap, in case you have, you know, been uh, blissfully on a summer vacation off on a lake in the woods somewhere, ignoring the hellscape that is Wisconsin politics. What to say about that? Oh, come on. It's a little bit fun. (laughs) Not for necessarily 
a well-tuned, uh, clean government aspect. But yeah, I don't know how much fun it is. It's fun for us. Uh, yeah, so, okay, well, so, it all goes back to redistricting, yeah. right? And what what Justice, uh, newly elected Justice Protosewit said on the campaign trail, and Republicans were like, hey, she's she called the maps rigged. She can't rule on this case. So, you know, for those scoring at home, we all know Supreme Court justices are technically nonpartisan, right? But we do know they get support from the major political parties, and we know that recusals have been an issue for years, you know, mostly with Democratic-backed candidates, liberal candidates, asking for their colleagues to recuse themselves on cases. And we know recusal means that they not weigh in on a particular case. Usually, you know, technically it was reserved for oh, I was a lawyer on that case, or oh, you know, I'm married to a partner in that firm that's arguing the case, right? There's like some very straight line that connects you to that case that would require you to remove yourself from that decision because you got personal or financial interests, right? That's usually what we mean by recusal. But in in, in past case, it's come up in, in political conversations because of financial ties, um, maybe that, that a uh, a party to the case financed your opponent or something like that, or you had, you know, some kind of um, backing. There's been a whole suite of those questions raised over the years. And now kind of the shoe's on the other foot, right? Now Republicans are saying, actually, we think Protosewitz should recuse herself from redistricting because she has a conflict of interest in that she said she how she's going to rule. She said the maps are rigged. We know what she's going to do here. We know she's she's prejudiced. That's the argument. But au contraire, though. Okay? That's the argument. She, she was pretty she was pretty careful, though. But that's the argument Robin Voss is making. Sure. You can debate him, but that is what he's saying. Well, it's she didn't say how she would rule. She said the maps were rigged. And is that um, a fact? Is that a personal viewpoint or is that? saying you're going to vote a certain way on a case. I don't, I think there I think it is important distinction. Yeah, she did not say. She not she, she did not make a pledge or a promise on how the ruling how she would rule. Cuz that's unethical. And you don't you don't know what the case is going to be, you know. They're supposed to rule on the the set of facts and circumstances that are before them and you can't invent those. But it, it does look like Robin Voss is moving forward. And quite frankly, he doesn't even need a good reason. They can just do it. And they have the numbers. It's tight in the Senate, but they got the numbers to do it. There's no, this is un, completely uncharted territory, right? It is. But here's the thing. Okay, so the way impeachment works here in the state of Wisconsin, similarly <laughs> that we all have learned on the federal level, is that um, it starts in the assembly, right? The The assembly needs just a simple majority. So they need 50 votes to impeach. And then, right, 50 out of 99, Republicans... They have 64 seats. Republicans have a clear majority in the assembly and could easily do that. Then what happens, right, is then it gets kicked over to the Senate, gets sent to the Senate for a trial. And if if the officer is is convicted by the Senate, by a two-thirds majority in the Senate then they're removed from office. There's no uh, penalties or criminal charges. It's just a removal from office. But, but the rub, and here's the rub, the official can't do their job if they've been impeached by the assembly. So it's not that we have to wait for this to go through the whole system. It's that if the assembly moves, they're off the case. They're off the clock. So they could, in essence, not 
send it to trial, not send it to the Senate. They could vote to impeach with one vote, get 50 votes, and it'd be done. Now, what the what the law says is that a person can be impeached for corrupt conduct in office or for committing a crime. Yeah, yeah. But the legislature gets to decide what they view as corrupt. Yeah. The question is of timing, right? Of when the redistricting, which is obviously the big the big case, but also abortion, when these cases would be heard by the Supreme Court and if if they can hold it in in kind of stasis, you know, being without being down one judge for months, which they could do by impeaching in the assembly and not sending to the Senate, we could be down a justice for months. That seems like the weirdest possible outcome. I don't that would go to court and then what it would go what would happen? I mean, we don't really know. This is uncharted territory, which is why we are just on daily impeachment watch to see what happens. And that's why it's being referred to as a nuclear option, because this is a pretty big and bold, severe and unprecedented step. And also one that ups the ante, right? That that's what we see is, is that the Democrats are really showing up with a lot of money, uh, Bringing bringing millions to this fight and kind of starting an ad war offensive uh, to to fight the Republicans on this to make it damaging politically, yeah, yeah, something that I don't think you've seen in past years, like quite this this hard a fight, quite this hard a fight from Democrats. Important to note: Justice Janet has not ruled on anything as this moment. So the idea that we could be weeks away from an impeachment when there has been no decision whatsoever. Like we say, just a sleepy little flyover state where nothing happens, Wisconsin. Oh, get out of here. I hate that. <laughs> All right, Molly, this is sort of fun. We just always want to stay in national headlines, Dylan. That is our goal as Wisconsin, is to have the messiest, wildest politics. Oh, I don't, can't, I don't like this negative talk about the state. This is not our fault. It's our politicians' fault, and one day it'll be fixed. But hopefully not soon, because we like covering it. Which is the worst reason to have a dysfunctional government. But that, that's our stance here at CityCast. Keep it chaotic so we got something to talk about. That is the news business, Dylan Brogan, the business you're in. <laughs> On that note. See you next week, Molly. <laughs> Bye. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. This week, the podcast was produced by AKL Moman. Noah Snyderman, Molly Stentz, and me, Dylan Brogan. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to Madison Minutes, written by newsletter editor Haley Sperling. And if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who would be interested to know that the last and only person to be impeached by the Wisconsin Assembly was Circuit Judge Levi Hubble back in 1853. He was acquitted by the state Senate. See you back here Monday morning with more news from around the city. 